a good day to you and welcome to a very special episode 23 of the Ombre Gaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Manny, and as always, although not really as always, but I'm here with Steve. Well, I am always here, so it's you're true. technically right. As always, I am here, but unlike the other times, it's just us, and this is actually a very special Sunday afternoon recording, which it's, never it's happens. Sunday, we're very tired. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I get, I definitely feel the tired vocal cords yeah. just kind of like, you're still trying this, huh? Yeah. They're just, they're just tugging away, and eventually I'm just going to have to shut down speaking for about 48 hours. Yeah. It's been a very long weekend, and the reason we're tired is because we just experienced our very first PAX. We just finished up PAX East 2018, and we have so many things to share. It was an absolute blast, uh, and we'll get to it later in the show. Uh, This episode will actually be all about PAX, so it's not going to follow the usual format that we do with you know, fun game and, and patch notes and, and all that stuff. Um, we're basically just going to do a stream of consciousness about our experience at PAX. So we're really excited to talk about it. Um, hopefully neither of us passed out before the end of this recording. Before we get to any of that, let's keep the house. First up on housekeeping, please follow us on social media. We are at Ombra Gaming on Instagram and at Ombra underscore gaming on Twitter. Yeah, and just to reiterate the Instagram, I know um, it's relatively newer for us. We haven't had it uh, as long as we've had Twitter, we haven't been as active on it, but we posted just about every picture we could get from PAX on that Instagram. Um, so definitely check it out. You can see some of the sites that we got to witness and For just sure. experience the sensory overload that overcame us yeah. on three days. Yeah, if you haven't been to PAX, check out our pictures on the Instagram because it is overwhelming, and I bet you'll be able to tell from those pictures. Uh, so yeah, check us out there. Also, check us out on Discord. So we do have a really awesome Discord community talk about it all the time really great folks talking about games and 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 all nerd things all throughout the day and the night it's fantastic so you can find the invite to the discord link on our twitter bio uh and join us there it'd be great to have you also you can share your thoughts if you went to pax let us know you can give us a call you can send us an email tweet at us whatever it is so yeah it would be great if you wanted to give us a call and share your thoughts you can reach us at 347-509-5620 uh, give us a call, leave us a message, and share your thoughts about the podcast, an article, uh, anything about games. If you went to PAX especially, let us know how it went for you. We would love to hear from you, unless you're one of those people that's racist, in which case don't call us. Next up on Housekeeping, we're also on Twitch, so you can find us at twitch.tv slash omra underscore gaming, where we Twitch pretty much every day of the week. Uh, usually in the evenings, Eastern time, we stream some Overwatch stuff. We stream some PS4 games with me and Steve. We stream uh, PC games from Matt and Christine and Matt O. Uh, so check us out there. Uh, join in some of the streaming fun. We would love to have you. And as always, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Insert Coin Clothing. Go check them out. I talk about them maybe too much. We actually saw a lot of people with Insert Coin Clothing gear at PAX, which was really cool to see. But uh, check out insertcoincloathing.com for some rad gaming gear. And when you go to check out, use the code OMBRA18IC for an exclusive 15% off your next purchase. And as always, that sale doesn't apply to items that are already on sale or bundled items. So with that, let's talk about PAX. 
So the, the way we're going to do it is we're going to talk about, um, we're going to kind of break it into sections. So we'll first talk about some of the panels we went to and some of the things we learned. Uh, and then we'll talk about the games that we got hands-on with down on the showroom floor. Some cool games that aren't out yet, some games that are already out and people are enjoying already. Um, and then uh, we'll sort of end the PAX discussion with what we're calling extracurricular, extracurricular. I can't say that word. Extracurricular? We'll, extracurricular. <laughs> extracurricular. And then we will end the PAX discussion with what we're calling extracurriculars, which is essentially everything else from PAX. So it'll be a big conversation, um, and hopefully we'll remember everything that we experienced because I do feel really drained from everything that went on. So actually, let's first start just general overview. What did, what did you think? First PAX, what are your thoughts? Definitely first thought is just the sensory overload of it all as soon as you walk in that show floor there's a sea of people and there's just so many awesome games that are just yeah. like line up and play so many tvs just uh, like i know the first thing we did on friday was we went right to the playstation booth because it was actually right in the front mm-hmm. and they had detroit become human um yeah so yeah. that was fantastic to get some time to play that it was about 10 to 15 minutes um we had the article that we released yesterday on us so you can check out our first impressions of that game there um, i know we've talked about it in passing i know at the end of last year we talked about what we're looking forward to to, to 2018 I had mentioned Detroit Become Human as one of my games I'm really looking forward to. And to have that chance to actually get a hands-on 10 to 15 minutes of it, a good chunk of a demo, um, I, I was really uh, blown away by it. I think it's, I think it solidified my belief that Quantic Dream was taking the good that they, that they realized with Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, and they started to finally shy away from some of those negative things. So yeah. this one, so much more fluid. Um, the choices you make really matter, which is something right. I wanted to see. Uh, but yeah, read all about it at omegaming.com. Hey, hey, plug the website. So yeah, you know, like Steve said, PlayStation was kind of front and center. Right next to that was a huge Blizzard booth that was like maybe like an eighth of the whole showroom floor is massive, um, understandably so. But yeah, I mean, just seeing all of these people who are super passionate about gaming and the industry and experiencing things that have been released and sharing feedback, it was just really cool to see. Um, coming down the escalator into the showroom floor was like I felt like I don't know I felt like I was slowly being brought underwater and I was drowning in people it was just like this crazy experience like uh, you know the convention center here in Boston is massive it's like at least a couple football fields long yeah and it was just packed from wall to wall all you saw was bodies and booths and so much screen action happening I can't even imagine what their electricity bill is going to be after this weekend but I think one of the really interesting things was honestly how fluid it was within the chaos you know what i mean there's so much going on and it was just stimulation every single minute that you were there um but it somehow worked it was very like kind of controlled chaos um so yeah it was great we met awesome people we played awesome games so yeah let's let's talk about some of the games we played what uh so you mentioned detroit become human so i i really haven't experienced a lot of the uh quantic games um but i watched almost an entire playthrough of Heavy Rain, and I was unimpressed. I was overwhelmingly unimpressed. And I've shared those feelings before, but actually seeing you play Detroit Become Human was awesome. It it, it looks gorgeous. It looks super fluid. It looks really... uh, I I think the the level of detail adds the right amount of grit that I think Heavy Rain was going for, but missed the mark a little bit. And so it was just... it It was cool to watch. It was really neat. One of the first things that drew my eye was how beautiful everything was the attention to detail is fantastic there's 
Um, well, I guess it's a spoiler for that demo. Um, mm-hmm. So when you start off, you're the main character. You're well, you're one of the main characters. Connor is the android who's basically a detective, and he's um, and he's basically someone who's a hostage negotiator. So he's brought in to stop a hostage situation where one of the other androids for a family basically found out he was being replaced and decided to kill the family and take the little daughter hostage. Right from the beginning, you start off in the elevator as Connor, and he's just sitting there flicking a quarter between his hands. That was really cool. And then it stops at one point. He catches it between his index finger and his middle finger, and the close-up of the quarter, the amount of detail like yeah. carved into every little crevice of that, yeah. it, it genuinely looked like an actual quarter in my hand. It was super hand. photorealistic. And yeah. one of the things I always look for is um, how these games actually portray characters' eyes. Because a lot of times, even though the most realistic-looking game you get, the eyes always still look a little bit funky. They're just mm-hmm. not what you'd actually look at, look like as a human with eyes. <laughs> and so this one, it actually had like the, the, like the, the right amount of gloss over it, um, the pupils, like the attention to detail in the pupils yeah. and everything around it was truly fascinating. Like They really took the time that was necessary to get all of these little details right to make you feel... Like, this was really happening. It, it, yeah. It's kind of that extension where you're seeing a lot more film elements in games. And Quantic Dream is notorious for doing that with Heavy Rain. Right. And Beyond Two Souls, especially, that was basically a movie. Um, I feel like the choices weren't as consequential yeah. in Beyond as they were in Heavy Rain. And that's fine. Like, they, they, they want to tell their story. But this one, it feels like a great combination of the two because they have the better looking dynamic that they achieved with beyond two souls. And then obviously they've improved on that with the next generation technology and they've taken the best of what heavy rain was and making meaningful choices determine how the game played out. Like at the end of the playthrough, there was a, they show a web of basically all your choices that you made and things that could have happened if you did something else. And there were literally just for that 10 to 15 minutes, there were seven different, possible ending scenarios yeah yeah so the overview of the demo was essentially you know like like steve said you play connor an android who's a detective um and there's essentially what's a there's essentially a hostage hostage situation so you go into this crime scene where um i believe a a police officer was shot and maybe like one other person was shot i believe the, the father was shot the father was killed yeah and then you essentially have to examine all of the clues whether it's blood splatter or or you know weapons that were discarded or things that were knocked over uh, and then essentially you make your way outside where another android who was acting as, you know, sort of the servant or the, or the you know, the housekeeper or the helper for that family has the family's daughter hostage. Um, so he's holding her, has a gun to her head, and he's standing on the edge of the building. You know, the, the premise of that hostage situation is that this servant android found out that he was going to be replaced. And he thought he was a part of the family. He thought he was, you know, loved by the mom and dad and, and the daughter. And so, you know, you're approaching... This, this other android who has this human, you know, at gunpoint, and you have to make the right decisions in the dialogue with this other guy, with, with this other android, um, to make sure, you know, he doesn't shoot her or he doesn't jump, or, you know, you, you're essentially controlling all of these variables in the situation, and it was really awesome to see you take time to think understand what might be the consequences without really knowing like what the consequences were that was one of the coolest parts unless you take the time to investigate the entire crime scene and find all of those clues you don't know that information in the final confrontation it gives you the opportunity if you want to just walk out and try to talk to this other android daniel and try to quell the situation but you can't really do it without all the facts and so i took the time to examine every inch of that room and find every single clue that i could and i ended up having 
it gives you a basically a probability counter of success. Yeah. And so with each clue you find, it gets higher. So by the time I went out there, I had like a 75% chance that I was going to succeed in saving the girl. And then as I was going, I used the information that I found in the clues that were laid around the, the whole room. And I was able to completely get a different scenario where I convinced Daniel to let the girl go. So she walked away, and then when she walked away, our snipers took out Daniel. Right. And right. so I ended up – Connor doesn't fall off the roof in my situation. The daughter yeah. is saved. And I feel like that was probably one of the rarer outcomes. I don't remember where – because it actually – when you get to an outcome, I don't know if this is just for the demo or for, for all the you know sort of missions or, or storylines, but when you get to an outcome, a result of, of a situation, it tells you like the probability of that outcome. And I – think i remember it being pretty rare um that i didn't the... see it happening around us so like, yeah i i actually like i said i saw that same ending where yeah. they both fall off the roof and save the girl but i yeah. that was not gonna you know to my own horn but i got the rare ending. yeah right? and and we watched i mean we were in line for maybe 20 minutes 30 minutes and we watched at least three or four people play that same demo um and i knew S steve was sort of not watching as uh, you know attentively as i was because he was gonna play it but i was just trying to see like what kind of endings existed and i saw a lot of the same things i didn't see your ending so yeah. i think you have um a future as a detective <laughs> i hope so <laughs> I think you do. like a, an android detective yeah. but no it just really solidified what i was saying last at the end of last year that i do think this game has the potential to be one of the best of the year and that left me just wanting more i just wanted to play as the other characters see what other scenarios happen and i'm really curious to see where the story goes yeah and how it all kind of comes to fruition but it left me wanting more which is really all you can ask for, for in these sure. game demos and it was actually cool because we ran into um actually one of my favorite twitch streamer and and youtube content creator kriken who uh I, he was the one whose playthrough i watched of heavy rain um, and we got to like sort of share our thoughts about it. And he was asking us like, oh, like, what did you think about uh, Detroit Become Human? Did it, did it look good? Did it feel good? And uh, it was just cool to have those those conversations. Um, so yeah, that was that was really great. Uh, what else? What else did we play? I also just realized that I think we said we were starting with panels, but we're already talking about games. So let's just roll with it. We got to um, keep rolling with it because honestly, we have these thoughts that we if we don't get them out now, our brains might just, just explode. shut down. So yeah. What else did we play? Let's see. We played. Uh, let's talk about the messenger. Oh, it was let's so talk good. about the messenger. Yeah, so um, definitely one of the games that we were most looking forward to. Um, and we actually signed up for a media appointment with Thierry, who's the co-founder and uh, creative director of Sabotage, which is the studio out of Quebec. So actually Greg Miller's wife, uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Games, uh, his wife is the PR director for Sabotage. So we got connected uh, through our friends at Sasquatch Armada with her and we signed up for a media appointment, which is which is really cool. And, and I'm super grateful we were able to do that because we were actually able to, well, firstly, skip the line, which was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because there was a really long line um, and we got to get hands-on with the game uh, we played a little bit of a demo and then Thierry who you know founded Sabotage just sat with us and he showed us all these different parts of the game um, he would like warp the character to um, you know different boss fights so we got to see a lot of the art um, we got to experience you know he showed us all the different kinds of music and, and all the bits of soundtrack that are that exist throughout that game the soundtrack is addictive it's so good you can't help but just like bop your head it's really it's so good. good yeah and we, and we met the composer who did all the music as well which was rad and then we actually we, we shot a short interview with with Terry and that'll be out soon so keep an eye out for that but yeah it was an amazing game for so 
Uh, Before we get too into the messenger, we got to just do a quick thank you and shout out to Caleb and Brian from Sasquatch Armada. Absolutely. First of all, this is the first time I got to meet those guys, and I felt like I've known them for so long. Yeah. We've been obviously hanging out on yeah. and video games and in Discord and been chatting for so much. You've been um, internet friends for such a long time. We've been internet friends, and we got to meet, and we had such a blast. We were with them all weekend. We were doing stuff after packs, and like Manny said, they hooked us up when they could with um, the media pass that they get through the Game Fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, any chance that they got to like give us a little bit of a boost, they they offered it, and honestly, like it was such a fun time, and it was one of those. It was another reason why I love packs. Like it brought people together. Yeah. It was just a, a really good time, and uh, yeah, go check out their stuff. If go you go check already, out Sasquatch you Armada. You gotta go check Armada, it out because yeah. those are two of the most creative and funny guys I've had For the sure. pleasure of knowing. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to you guys. Y- y'all are the best. So thanks a lot. Um, but yeah, so we got to experience so many different parts of the game. Um, and so a little bit about actual the, the actual experience of the game. Um, it's a side-scrolling uh, game, uh, you know, 16 and 8-bit game where you essentially play a ninja whose job it is to deliver a scroll across the land. Um, so you're given sort of a quest and you have to essentially, you know, this is watering it down, but you go from A to B, right? Um, and everything in the game happens sort of in the middle. I had very different expectations of what the game actually was. I thought it was just going to be a rad side-scroller um, with all these abilities and, and cool art and, and you know, a sort of chip toony soundtrack. And, like, that expectation was completely turned on its head. The game, at four or five different parts, completely subverts your expectations and just changes things graphically, musically. Um, like, plot-wise, it really spins what you think is happening on its head. I don't want to give too, too much away, but it was wild how much they were able to put into that game and still have it be a very compressed um, experience. You know, we asked them how long the runtime was, and obviously, give or take, depending on skill level and, and how much you put into getting every inch of the game correct. But generally, um, he said it's like a, a eight to ten hour game, right? So it's very compressed. Um, it's a condensed experience, but they clearly put so much passion and love into that game, um, and I cannot wait for it to come out. I know one of the best parts was while we were playing it, just watching them and how excited they were to see us playing their game. Like we had, we had asked him, you'll see it in the interview, how cool it was to basically make this passion project that they, he'd wanted to make his whole life. Right. And so it's really cool to be able to experience the actual artist's work right in their presence because you know how much hard work they put into this and how much they really care for it. And so they wanted to go over well, so he was so informative, so helpful. Any questions we had about it, he answered. And like Manny said, I, I was under the same impression. I was like, all right, it's going to be another fun side-scroller. But the story in it is amazing. Um, there are plenty of twists that will keep you as a gamer guessing. And mm-hmm. I think it's really cool because it, it, you know, it really feels like it's building towards something. So, yeah, there's no concrete release date yet. I mean, as of now, it's looking obviously like 2018, but... yeah. Oh man! I as soon as that gets a release date, that's going I'm in my cart as a midnight up. release, and I might just have to play it all night for sure. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. And again, like back to the, my earlier point about subverting your expectations. You know, you just said it keeps you guessing, and there are so many points. And, and mind you, we only played for like fifteen twenty minutes. Yep. And in those fifteen twenty minutes, I had my you know arrogant gamer hat on and i was like i think i know what's coming i think i know how this is going to wrap up or i think i know what's going to happen in this next stage when you you know when you continue scrolling and every single time i was wrong um and i think it will keep the the smartest most uh you know attentive gamers guessing because it's really unorthodox in the way the plot unfolds um and i think that's the mark of a really really good game and yeah man they were so happy and excited and just really enthused to share their art with us 
and it, yeah, I'm super grateful to have had the chance to, to get hands-on with that and, and chat with some of those people because it's amazing. And another thing I liked about it too is the it had kind of almost like an RPG element where you could rank up your ninja and yeah. like because yeah. he showed us some of the stuff at the end where you know eventually he's like fully ranked up and some of the things you can do are really incredible and you have to tie basically everything you learn throughout the game in those end levels you have to tie everything together and some of the he was explaining some of the jumps that'll end up happening and they just sound Crazy. like it's going to be so quick twitch reflex everything like that where you're going to need to remember oh yeah that button does that that mm-hmm. button does this that's what you look forward to in a game because it reminded me a little bit of Celeste in that aspect yep. where you have to be fast. You always have to be paying attention. You have to really be figuring out what is my best movement here? How can I navigate the easiest and safest way through this level? Yeah. And I do like how even in the little bit of time we had, they introduce new elements into the levels, right. just like Celeste did, where it's like, we're not going to tell you how to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to figure it out. But once you figure it out, You'll be fine. It puts that challenge on the gamer, which For I think sure. is nice. They drip feed you the perfect dosages of information and tactics and skills where you get to piece everything together. So I've talked about it before. For me, a big part of games is respecting the gamer and not holding their hand, but giving them something to work with. And this game does it, from what I can tell, flawlessly. Before we wrap up on The Messenger, there's two things that really stood out to me in, in the conversation we had with him. One of them was that as he was talking to us and explaining all the parts of the games, he was executing the most ridiculous jumps. And, like, I mean, obviously oh he helped God, made yeah. the game because, like, <laughs> he knew every inch of that game. And he was, like, making eye contact with us and, like, double jumping over enemies while throwing ninja stars and shit. And I was like, how are you doing this all, you know? Um, and the other thing that, that really stood out that I just thought was amazing was one of the questions I asked in the interview was... You know, if you could have one thing that PAX attendees walk away from this experience with, what do you want them to be thinking and feeling and saying and, and sharing with their friends? Um, and he said, if they could just have a blast with this game and if they could feel like they're waking up on Christmas with a new experience, and he, and he shared this really specific memory, and he's like, if, if people could feel like they were kids again when they're sitting with their knees up to their chest and putting their shirts over their knees and playing video games. And I was like, that is so fucking cool because that's, like, that's obviously a memory he has and it's super personal to him, and he's he wants to replicate that for gamers, and that is unbelievable. So it was just it was amazing to see the amount of love and passion that went into that, and it obviously you know as the founder of Sabotage, it starts from the top, and so that was that was awesome to see. So go go play the messenger. Also worth noting, I'm gonna put links to um, all of these games in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about the messenger or um, Detroit Become Human or any other of, of the other games we talk about. Uh, check out the show notes, and you can follow the links there. What else? What else did we play? Uh, Monster Prom. Let's talk oh, about man, Monster yeah. Prom. Monster Prom is a blast. So we heard about Monster Prom through, uh, like, they talk about it a lot on What's Good Games. Yeah, um, and, and they and um, they had brought it up um, when we did the What's Good Games panel on yep. Friday. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, and so on Saturday, we were like, well, we got to see what Let's this is Let's just go check up. it out. And yeah. It and was were, totally worth it. And there was a crowd. There was, like, a lot of people standing around it, and... I'll be the first to admit I've never played a dating sim. I've never played this kind of game. And so basically the premise of it is you are a monster at a monster high school. And uh, you essentially have to make a series of decisions uh, that are very high school themed uh, decisions to get a date to the prom and be successful in, in having that date. You can play it from one to four players. And essentially you all play a different high schooler um, and you interact with each other. You interact with NPCs. And essentially you walk yourself through a story uh, and you essentially, you can get different, I guess, perks or, or, or abilities or I guess stats is the right way to, to, to phrase it. So basically uh, you can increase your wit or you can increase your bravery um, and each of those stats will impact how 
the date that you asked to the prom will receive your receive your request to go to the prom right so like if you have a lot of uh wit and if you have a lot of smarts you know those are two two of the stats that you can uh increase or decrease in the game and you ask the nerdy hipster kid out to prom you have a higher probability of of getting a yes than if you ask the jock because he wants a date that has a lot of bravery and a lot of strength right so you have to understand like all these different stats and how they impact the characters in the game and it's hilarious. It's so oh, the, well written. The writing is absolutely fantastic because, you know, sometimes with those, like, the writing can come, come across as corny as hell, but the jokes were spot on. It was some of the, the funniest writing I've seen in games. Um, we played with uh, two random people that we just sat down with and played with, so it was four players. You can play it as uh, one player, but this is really meant as, like, a couch multiplayer game. Yeah, it's a party game. Um, it's coming out April 27th on Steam, so it is a PC-based game published by the group called those awesome guys and they were really great um they were actually just talking to us while we were playing it just yeah. getting our feedback on it and somebody asked them like what was you because somebody near us asked them like why make this game like what right. was your inspiration to make you know monster prom and he just goes well i mean monsters are cool right yeah and it was essentially it was just like, like why not yeah, and, it, yeah. And, but it was kind of the perfect reason for making that game because like that game is the definition of like, yeah, why not? Right. Because it right. is just fun. And uh, I like to say that of the four of us, me and Manny were the only we two got dates. to get dates to the yeah, prom. So we me and him, prom. we had a blast at the prom. I took the, uh, the, the girl that I ended up taking, she, cause she was a ghost. She, she was a ghost. Yeah, yeah. She was a ghost. She was big into partying. And so like every time, every interaction I had with her, I always succeeded in like, doing the right answer to just yeah. make her be like, yeah, that's a great fucking idea. Right. And so I knew when I asked her that it would be perfect. For yeah. Her. And it's, and it's super witty. Um, and it clearly, I think they clearly draw inspiration from their high school experiences. Like the characters talk about doing drugs and fucking and like they, it, it like each character has a very strong personality. Um, and each of the monsters is based off of like classic, like Frankenstein or, or a demon or you know, like a ghost, uh, or there was one that the was the werewolf based... jock. Yeah, there there was a werewolf jock, and then there was one that was based off of um, Medusa. She had like yeah. a head of snakes, a gorgon, you know? as they yeah, say. she was a gorgon, uh, and so it was just oh, it was... the Slayer. The Slayer, the Slayer was, was great. Hilarious. Yeah, there's a there's like essentially an NPC who I guess would be like the angry goth at your high school who kept showing up and trying to slay everyone, and like no matter what they were doing, there was a scene where they were just eating lunch, and the Slayer would show up and be all mad, and essentially you would have to make the right decisions to make sure that you defeat the Slayer, but she keeps coming back. It was awesome, and it's and it's I noticed it's it's very progressive, and it's obviously a 2018 esque game, like it's very um, of the times. Uh, one of the characters has two dads. They talk about sexuality a lot, um, and so it just it's a product of its time and I think it's great. You know what I mean? And the art's beautiful. It's very colorful and everything pops and the soundtrack's really funny. So yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be a fun party game. There's not too, too much in the way of replayability just because some of the dialogue, you know, you'll, you can see it over and over again. And I guess, you know, for parties, if you have a new group of friends coming in to hang out and, and maybe they don't typically play games like this is a good you know on ramp to gaming because it's just like a fun decision making kind of group activity it's a cool little touch because it it promotes that cooperative play between people right. in the same room and i think that's that's why it's a great party game um it's not too long to play like we played the full game it took about 40 minutes or so yeah um so like i said it would be great if you had like a new group of people who you know weren't all into gaming but they wanted a nice little fun party game, and I think this is a good opportunity to kind of get people invested. For sure, for sure. So definitely, definitely check out um, Monster Prom when it comes out. I think 
a lot of different kinds of gamers can have a lot of fun with that game. So yeah, th- those were the the sort of bigger titles that we you know got to be hands on with for like a good chunk of time. Uh, a couple honorable mentions that we really enjoyed. There was one game called uh, Russian Subway Dogs. That was hilarious. Yeah, and essentially it's uh, it's not even a scroller. It's like al- almost a platformer. There's not really any platformers. It just takes place in like one static. Yeah, screen. I'd say it's a scroller that doesn't scroll. You know, it's yeah, just like you're yeah. in one. You're basically in a subway, and you you're a dog, and what you have to do is bark at these passerbys who they have vodka in their hands but the vodka explodes when it lands yeah and you have to like bark at the vodka to like do combos and yeah. then you also have to bark at them as they drop food and you need food to survive till the next train comes right and then there's other dogs who run around and they'll eat your food if you don't get it in time so yep. that's why you need to kind of time it so you can hit the vodka bottles at the dogs to try to clear the way yeah it was, so it was very tense yeah, it was really intense because the whole time, so trains are going by every couple of seconds, and throughout this, the entire level, your, I think it's hunger, but it's essentially your HP, it's your health, keeps decreasing, and you need to make sure you're getting food in you at a certain, you know, at, at enough speed that you don't die of hunger before the next train shows up. So you have to, you actually have to be behind the humans, bark at them to scare them, and they drop their vodka or they drop their food. Um, and there's like funny, there's like kind of goofy um, Russian music playing and you know, some of the, there's like kind of Russian themes throughout the whole game. Obviously there's cats that are like called the proletariat cats and they have a little Russian, you know, winter hats on and uh, it's very cute. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I actually heard about that one. I think Tim Gettys talked about it a lot, uh, on KFG. Uh, and so it was cool to, it was cool to experience that one as well. Um, another one that we really enjoyed too was, uh, I hate running backwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that one is, is, uh, developed by Binks interactive. Um, and we, it was cool. We actually, they had a really big booth surprisingly, much bigger than like a lot of other, almost bigger names. Well, it was but... well, no, they were um because they were in a, just a, a bigger booth with Devolver, so oh, there were yeah, there were a bunch true. of games going on. That one happened to be on their giant screen, and so like we, we sat down on the couch and played it, and they were actually like filming players' reactions yeah. to the game. So yeah, that, was that was pretty cool. cool. And so essentially, you play two characters. I'm not sure if you can play more than two player, but we did. You know, we played it with two players uh, who are running backward the entire time. Uh, and so the screen is sort of scrolling upwards and you're running backwards as things are approaching you uh, in front of you. So um, you have weapons and it's essentially, uh, it's it's a very quick paced shooter. You have different power-ups, you have melee attacks. Everything in every level is destructible and you get points for just destroying things. Yeah, super fast paced, a lot of fun. It makes you communicate more than I thought we would be communicating because I thought it would just be like, spray and pray kind of game but we were like hey grab that heart go destroy that thing like watch out for this thing uh and if one player dies the other has to survive for 30 seconds before the player who dies can come back and so it it was very tense i I feel like we played for maybe four or five minutes before we both died because it got really intense um at one point we were like in a car and we were like flying over buildings and shit no we got yeah we got to the the boss fight Mm. and like that dude just fucked us up yeah yeah no that made quick work of us um, but that was a lot of fun. There was uh, like almost throughout all four days at PAX, there was uh, a crowd around. I hate running backwards, probably because the screen was so big. But well, no, well they they were rotating. They were rotating games on the big screen. Oh, so true. on yeah. Friday, the messenger was playing on it. I think yesterday. I think the messenger was playing on it yesterday too. Oh, um, I would have loved to play the messenger on that on screen. That, yeah, that would have been, been rad. But I also enjoyed playing it next yeah. to the guy who made it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty true. cool. Um, um, yeah. But, yeah, I hate running backwards. This is one of those perfect ones. It's coming out on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Microsoft. So it's coming out on everything. But this is one of those ones I was like, this would be so much fun on the Switch. Um, yeah. Especially like with co-op because you don't use too, too many buttons for it. Um, right. I think it was like right trigger, left trigger. 
and then just a couple of the actual like the face buttons so right. not, not the d-pad or anything so i think that'd be a fun game as one of those like couch multiplayers as well for, for like sure. the switch and i think it'd be a great portable too definitely definitely and it's one of those games that you can just hop in and out of right so yeah definitely like, like, for example, you know, for panels, we find ourselves with 10, 15, even 30 minutes waiting in line, uh, for, especially for the bigger panels. And almost everybody was just sitting on the floor playing their Switch, right? And that was so a blast. I think this game would be perfect for that kind of thing. If you're, like, waiting for a lift or hanging out with your friends or whatever and you have a couple minutes to spare, it's, it's the kind of game you can just pop into and have fun. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I didn't, unfortunately, get to play Dark Souls Remastered on Switch. Oh, the, yeah, sad about the, the Nintendo booth. Like we got there right when the doors opened uh, yesterday, and by yeah. the time we got to the floor, there was already they capped the line. They're like, "You gotta wait. Yeah, you have to come back later." So they were actually giving out passes to get even into the Nintendo booth, and then in the Nintendo booth, there was lines for each of the demos. Uh, and Dark Souls had, I think, the biggest line every time we we walked by. And one of the days on Saturday, we did a beeline straight to Nintendo as soon as we got there and they were already out of passes. Um, and every time we walked up, I'd be like, so what's the best way to get in? And they're like, come back in three hours and then wait in line for two hours. And yeah. I was like, ah, it, not for me at that point. It just, it did suck that we didn't get to get in there, but cause there's just so much going on. Like we hit a, a bunch of panels over the uh, the past couple of days. So we didn't want to like miss those chances to see that. And right. like, we both play the switch anyway. So like, yeah, Yeah. it would have been cool to like get a chance to see what Wolfenstein two looks like on the switch Mm -hmm. and get hands on with that. But I mean, at the same time, I know what the games I want for switch are and I know when they come out, I'm going to get them. So yeah, I wasn't like, uh, shit, we really missed our opportunity to play Nintendo switch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there were, there were other bigger missed opportunities that we wanted to hit rather than this. So it would have been fun to play Dark Souls on on Switch, but yeah, I'm sure you'll be enough. doing that. Yeah, in like a month. Yeah, when I quit my job and play Dark Souls full time for zero dollars. Um, so that's actually a good segue. Talking about panels, let's talk about some of the panels and events that we hit, um, and and sort of the things that came from that. Um, so yeah, the first panel we hit um, when we got there on Friday was the What's Good Games panel, and it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, they they are even cooler in person. It was a great panel. We got there early, um, so we got a seat right up in the front and it was just cool to see how they do things you know what i mean like they they obviously care about production quality that goes without saying but like they played the intro music before started they started talking and um it was just very colloquial like i felt like we were just all hanging out in a room um and it was cool they were just talking about some of their experiences at pack some games that they had been playing and then they brought on uh a, 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 an awesome guy named wout who uh is sort of more formally known as the hashtagonist um, who actually we had the absolute pleasure to meet later that night. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But um, yeah, it was just a great informal thing. Um, and it was just cool to see the personalities that we listen to very regularly up close in person. And then what made it even better was directly following that panel, they had a meet and greet at uh, the Whiskey Priest, which is a, a bar that's right next to the convention center here in Boston. And it was awesome. Like it was just great to to be a part of the community, interact with the community. Um, we must have had at least four people come up to us and say, Hey, you asked the question about the podcast. What's your podcast? Tell me about it. You know, I, I need something else in my podcast rotation. I'd love to learn more. And yeah, like I said, I, I we had the pleasure of meeting the hashtagonist, Wout, who's a super genuine, just very kind guy. So he got looped into the industry actually through What's Good Games. Um, he was, I guess, sort of informally involved with Easy Allies. And then I think he actually later worked for them. Um, and he actually just recently started a podcast himself, uh, which you should definitely check out. We'll post a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, it's called The Hashcast. Uh, so definitely check that out because it's fantastic. I was listening to it um, on our Lyft rides. 
uh, on the way to and from the convention center. It's fantastic. So uh, definitely check it out. But it was great because he was essentially confirming everything we wanted to be true, which is this is a great industry to work in. It's a group of passionate people, passionate people who work in this industry, and they're so willing to help you. You know, he shared his story of how he got essentially pulled into pulled into how he described the the circle of the industry by uh, Andrew Renee and and Brittany and and the What's Good Games uh, ladies, and so it was just great to hear that, right? Like he was just like, "We'll let you in. Just work hard and be passionate and be kind." Just to hear that coming from somebody on the inside was like, "Okay, we're doing something right," you know? Yeah, it was also really cool just to have conversations with him just about like video games and things like that so it's like why we're all together you know right it's why we all came to pax east because we're all passionate about the same things and so when you get you know thousands of people who are all super passionate about the same type of you know the same type of media you just find interesting conversations and you find people who are always just willing to talk like that's the thing right. that really kind of blew me away I, I i definitely expected like these people that like when what's good games is putting on a meet and greet you're fully expecting to get to meet them and talk to them. Right. But it just it was almost like a, a shock to the system with how friendly and how welcoming they all were. Like I had a like a good like five to ten minute long conversation with uh Brittany uh, from What's Good Games and she was just so friendly. I, I went up to her and talked to her because me and her had an exchange on Twitter a few weeks back. Um, because she was saying how her dad loves Mario Odyssey because it's just so much fun to play. So I responded, you know, that game is such a delight. Like, me and Matt had talked about this a couple episodes ago, how much we love that game and how much of a joy it is to play. And so I went up to her and I was just like, I need to ask, like, is he still enjoying it? And we had, we kind of spawned a conversation there and it spun into other things. And it was just amazing that she probably, obviously, like, so many people were coming up to them throughout that entire meet and greet. And obviously they must get this all the time. And just to be so welcoming and so open to talking about anything and everything. And just, you know, they, they're just like, did you get a drink ticket? So here, have a drink ticket. It's just like everyone's trying to get drunk and have fun. So it was, that was a great start to the weekend. Um, just because, like you said, we got to meet the hashtagonist. We got to meet uh, Rick Aguilar, um, who Manny and Rick had already been following each other yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it's and- also, I, w- I want to mention Rick Aguilar. Uh, awesome content creator. Uh, he has a Twitch channel. You can find him at twitch.tv slash okdonuts. That's O-K-A-Y-D-O-N-U-T-S. Uh, and he, yeah, he streams. Uh, he has some stuff on YouTube as well. And like, yeah, Steve, like Steve said, like we had been following each other on Twitter for months and we met him and I, we didn't realize it at first. And I was like, hey, what do you drink? Uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll buy you one. And he's like, oh, I'll have whatever. So I, I turn around to, to order him a drink and I order it and I'm looking at my phone trying to find him on Twitter and I realized we had already been tweeting, uh, following each other and I turned back around and I was like, you're Rick Aguilar and he's like, yeah, how did you know my last name? I'm like, we've been following each other for months <laughs> and so it was just like great to have those Bringing kinds people of, together. Yeah, it was awesome to have those kinds of uh, connections, you know, meeting internet friends in real life but it was awesome, you know, we took a big group photo and we're, and we're hanging out with um, the What's Good Games crew and, and their husbands were there and there was folks from Sony there and just making new friends. It was awesome uh, to to do that. Um, yeah, big thanks to them for putting that on. For because sure. It was one of my favorite events of the weekend because um, it, it was so awesome. Like, I, I met somebody, uh, our buddy, a new buddy Juan. Um, yeah, I found out he actually lives like a town over from me. And yeah. It was just like really cool to kind of ha- just like have those nice little meetups and all of a sudden now perhaps you make new friends. Which is, Absolutely. It, it, was just, it was just like a really great start to the, the for whole sure. weekend. Yeah, it was an awesome start. And then on Saturday, we went to a panel um, that was essentially all around 
Uh, it was all based on getting into the industry. And um, a lot of it was sort of very specific job prep stuff, which, you know, I, I, I don't know if that, at least for me, if that's where the value lied. Um, you know, they were talking about how to prep a resume and how to prep a cover letter. Um, and I, you know, we, we kind of know how to do that already. But yeah. um, it was cool to hear, at least for me, the, the most value came from the stories that were shared. And they were saying, you know, I've, this is how I got in and this is how I, bring new people in a lot of them directly hire people um at their studio so it was sort of a mix of panelists from a couple different studios in massachusetts so the uh the panels were actually rich while from uh mob squad or mod squad uh linda Car- linda carlson from tryon worlds uh monty sharma from mass digital games group and uh russell minor who's uh one of the engineering managers at disruptor beam um and uh, Matthew Fuller, who's the VP of Finance at Disruptor Beam as well. So it was cool because it, it was a good spread of people from different parts of the industry um, and even like at you know Disruptor Beam, different parts of the same studio sharing their perspectives and their experiences, bringing people in, interviewing, um, sharing tips. And so it was cool to get that kind of validation, which is like, it's possible. They did stress the, the need for luck, which I think is just fact, right? Like it was it was refreshing to hear that because we know that that's that's part of getting a job anywhere. But one of the things they mentioned that I thought was particularly impactful was building your own luck, right? So luck doesn't mean like waiting for, you know, Pete Hines from Bethesda to email me with a job uh, offer, right? But going to the events where Pete Hines is at, going to the events where people who are the industry are gathering and sharing stories and talking and engaging because that's called that's building your luck, right? You you manipulate your surroundings and you get yourself where you need to be and then the luck will sort of happen there so it was cool it was it was nice to see sort of behind that curtain yeah the the value i took away from that was the fact that it was such a diverse group of people in gaming because one of them actually rich said it best because he was kind of like the moderator for the panel um he said it best where i feel like there's a lot of that stigma where you need to be a developer or a, or mm-hmm. a coder to get into the game industry and it's just like that's not how it works like they're they're companies they have jobs for everything right but he was saying the one common factor is everybody who works in games loves games it doesn't matter whether you're the the vp of finance or you're an engineer it's you you're all trying to work for these companies because you have that one common bond Mm -hmm. we love games and everything about them so we want to work with them in any way we can and that's the value i took was that these people all of them said i never expected to actually have like a job in this industry Right, And, you know, they were all in their own different areas. And then finally they took that chance or they had that stroke of luck because of the effort they put in and they put themselves in the right position. And now they're doing jobs that they all unanimously said that they loved. Right. And so that was, that was all the value I took was that, you know, if you're really passionate about it, find your way in. Yeah. So look for build the, that luck, look for the jobs that do fit your skill set. And, you know, right. I know Linda said it best. Um, she had some great advice where, don't be afraid to shoot high too. You know, if you see a job where it's like, you know, I don't think I meet all of these qualifications. She said, apply anyway, because guess what? If you meet some of the qualifications, you can probably learn the others. And that that's just like one of the things I've always believed is if you actually put forth the time to learn new things and actually make yourself better, then whether or not you meet the qualifications at first, you'll get there. Right. And, and I think it's unrealistic for any recruiter, any, you know, potential employer to expect that you're going to 
tick all the boxes that you'll you'll check off every single requirement of every single position you apply for and so punching above your weight class is okay as long as you demonstrate the ability to learn above your weight class and and that's really what they were driving home which again was really refreshing um so yeah it was it was an awesome uh panel uh, and and it was sort of a good it was a good change. It was sort of a good change of pace from the What's Good Games panel, which was much more community focused and engaging and fun. And this was like, you want to get in? Like, this is how you do it. Like, yeah. this is the business side um, where you have to work and hustle. So it was cool to get both of those sides of the industry. Um, and then another panel that we actually went to today on the last day of PAX was with IGN. And it was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. It was the Jesus. ranking the top 10 games of PS4, which oh. is. An insane thing to even attempt. Yeah, the way they structured it. So, of course, it's so hard to rank the top well, 10 it's arbitrary. Games. Yeah, because it's so arbitrary. It's all based on your own opinion. But the way they do it is, the, you know, they had the panel of Alana Pierce, Marty Sleva, Andrew Goldfarb, and Miranda Sanchez. And so what they did is they went down the row. And basically, it was like a snake draft. And they each picked, you know, what they wanted on the list. But then they open it up to the floor and they had people go up and suggest games for the top 10 list. Right. And you as a person could go up there and replace one of the games on the list with the game you wanted, but you had to plead your case. You had to plead your case to them and yeah. they could veto it. Like one person tried to get Tekken seven on there, which was and like, that got vetoed real fast. I think like most of the room booed as soon as he said Tekken seven. Yeah. Like Tekken seven. Yeah. In the top 10. Is that even the top 10 and Tekken Ch- games? Cause I get it. I don't feel like that's not, I feel like there's like 50 Tekken. Yeah. Games. Yeah. Don't no, tell that me was, that was really aggressive. So, I mean like, yeah, at the end of the day, it was more fun than anything. I don't think it was constructive because it got to the point where people were saying, I'd like, to put this game on the top 10 list because these are the reasons i like it for me personally yeah you know? it was definitely funny uh, also to see the crowd reaction like this one uh, little boy went up there and he's <laughs> like i want to put lego jurassic world on there and obviously lego jurassic world is not a good game for top yeah. 10 status and anything i like the lego games i think they're fun to play oh yeah like but Lord then of the Rings was it awesome. was because it was a little kid who did it they're like well this can never leave the top yeah 10 list. nobody was gonna bump that from the top 10 list um but I then would've. it got to the point where if we wanted a half decent list we had to bump it so we the panel decided to permanently place it at number 11 which yeah. i think was fair he was a really cute kid he, he was like i want to put wego jurassic wood at number nine so like i'm glad we got to like make him feel good but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't belong on the list i wanted to go and crush his soul so bad about it. listen kid <laughs> this is the real world yeah and if metal gear solid 5 did, yeah. it didn't make the fucking list somebody, i was so like, mad somebody bumped, bumped it, for, it for until he bumped it for until dawn yeah which listen i love until dawn i think that is one of the best playstation games it definitely belonged on that list but you should have bumped something else yeah. for until dawn not metal yeah. gear solid 5 and, and again like that's what i mean it was just it basically turned into a room of maybe like 250 people squabbling over what games they enjoy the oh most on PS4. You know, you know what like really, really grinded my gears there? Their first initial top 10 list didn't include Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. I was like, are yeah. you kidding me? I was like, how could you do that yeah. and not include that game? Yeah, towards the end of the panel, somebody finally got up and, and was no, like... No, 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 no. It was the first It was the first guest that they had come up. And was he, it? And he was like, I'm going to put Horizon Zero Dawn on. And yeah. I was just like, yeah. And like half the room actually stood up and applauded. It was fantastic. <laughs> Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. It was cool to see, again, the personalities up and close and, and just talk about PlayStation games that we love. Again, not the most productive thing in the world, but it was fun. It was fun. Like yeah. that, That's what it was meant to be. It was supposed to be like one of those just shit show of an, of an right. ordeal. I can't believe that guy suggested Tekken 7. It was bizarre. That was and the most I, outrageous I will, thing. I will give him credit for like trying to defend himself, but he was defending himself 
against 250 people who disagreed. So yeah, we're all he just was like, dude, quickly shut down. Yeah, because I Alana Pierce was like, I think Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is a better game than Tekken 7. Right. And I'm not putting this on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was that was a lot of fun, uh, and so those were really the the bigger panels that um, we sort of remember the most and enjoyed and had sort of the most value from them. Uh, honorable mention for events, uh, we actually did go to Bethesda Day. Oh, Bethesda Day was so which cool. was really cool. Um, so basically, it was at a bar that was attached to the convention center, um, and we waited in line for I don't know maybe about a half hour, forty minutes, but it was totally worth it. You got in and you got free drink tickets. Uh, they had coat check and bag check, which was a godsend. Oh my backpack! Yeah, I got so sick of lugging that thing around. Yep, and um, and basically there was a raffle. They were raffling off like a Wolfenstein two designed switch which was awesome oh it was so red yeah and they were actually i think they were raffling off a copy of the game i could be wrong about that um but they had some pretty cool prizes they must have had two or three dozen pcs lined up around the bar for people to play uh skyrim and they were playing elder scrolls and a couple others as well um there was a panel uh at the bar too and they were talking about sort of what's coming in the next handful of months for for wolfenstein um that's where i met Kraken and it was it was cool yeah. to to meet him. I, I tried to keep my fanboying to a minimum. I don't know how successful I was, but it was cool. It was just another good sort of meet and greet community event. Uh, we made some awesome friends who we ended up going out to dinner with, and we had a whole big group uh, out out at dinner. And we then we went out for drinks afterwards, and ended up at a State of Decay party somehow. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, we, we left with some swag. That was awesome. We showed yeah. up at like just I think with five minutes to go at the State of Decay thing, yeah. and so we got to watch a little bit. We got free drinks. We got a little bit of food, and then they're like, "All right, you can go get a sweatshirt, a T-shirt, a, bottle. a water bottle." Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Uh, we met some of them, uh, some of their team as well. I ran into Pete Hines again. Please answer my phone calls pete uh so it was cool it was just another good community thing to get involved in yeah, and we were decay f- looks awesome it does look beautiful um and we we were fading on saturday like like it was it must have been three or four o'clock and i looked at steve and you looked white as a ghost and your eyes were just glazed over and you were just like i don't know if i'm gonna make it to networking tonight and i was like dude we gotta do it we spent money to be here we gotta do it and then as soon as we got to the bar and got a couple of drinks, we were like, let's go network. This is great. Yeah, so I don't know if that just means we're both just alcoholics. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what we should actually mean that. I don't know yeah. what we should do with that information. Yeah. We, you know what? We'll just, we'll just push it back. <laughs> we'll push it back. We'll, we'll, we'll ignore we'll it. We'll address it at yeah. a later date. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to, to hang out with the Bethesda crew again. You know, I ran into them, uh, a big part of the Bethesda community at the New York Video Game Awards, which is awesome. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough that they're just outside of D.C. And so it was just, they have a great, they have a great community. I mean, they have great games and that's where communities uh, gather around. So it was awesome to do that. But yeah, man, PAX is fucking rad. That was a lot of fun. fun. I'm so, so tired. I feel like my voice is fading as this podcast goes on, but yeah. What are your, what are your sort of closing thoughts? What did you think about the whole experience? My closing thoughts were I'm for sure going to go back again next year Mm -hmm. and the year after that and the year after that. Because, like, obviously we have to have, like, some type of spark in us to even do this stuff because we do it because we're passionate. We love video games. We love talking about it. We enjoy producing this content. But obviously, like, you know, we're... Who are we? Who are we? So we don't make money off of it. We do it because it is a passion of ours. And just seeing just kind of all the outpouring of the same shared passion from so many others and seeing actual people in in the industry, like, people that we've admired for so long, like... The, the ladies from What's Good Games, Andrew Renee, Brittany Brombacher, um, Christine Steimer, and then we got to meet Greg Miller, and that was awesome. Yeah, like, I've been yeah. I've been such a fan of Greg Miller for 
years. Um, like I, he was one of the main reasons I'd always go to IGN.com, like him and Colin Moriarty. And then when they went off and did kind of funny, I try not to miss a kind of funny games daily. I always catch their, their games cast and all their other material they produce because they are some of the funniest people I've ever seen yeah. in video games. Yeah. But getting to meet him, like obviously he's, he's been basically an inspiration. Like he, he's us, one of the absolutely. reasons why we tried to even do this because of the yeah. model they created where friends talking about games and right. that's what we do here where like sometimes we argue, sometimes we disagree, but at the end of the day, we're all talking about things we love and just getting a chance to kind of, I guess they say, meet your hero in person or something right. like that. And he was and just like walking around the showroom floor with a coffee. And yeah. and we were like, hey, like we love what you do. And we, we talked about Kojima a little bit. And then we were like, hey, let's take a picture. And he just snatched the phone out of Steve's hand with like, I have longer arms. I'll take the picture. You know, that was hilarious. So it was just, He's probably done that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much taller in person than I thought he would be. But it was just cool to be a part of it. You know? Yeah. And um, so like, getting to meet all those people. Um, Honestly, like I said earlier, hanging out with Brian and Caleb and getting to go to Reese's house yeah. and meet Tim as well. So like we, sure. we all play, you know, like Overwatch together. When I eventually get on to Overwatch every now and You'll then. You'll come back. I'll get back there. You know, the, these folks that we've I've had interactions with and never had the chance to meet. And now this weekend, like, brought us all together. And it right. was it was just so fun. Um, it, it's one of those things where... Like I said at the beginning of this, where we had that spark, and this just really strengthened the flame. It was like, sure. you just need to keep going, keep doing more, and try to keep getting better at what we do every day. And it was just really an overall fantastic experience, and it was better than anything I really expected going into it. For sure. I, For did, sure. I didn't think we'd ever have the chance to sit down with somebody who created a game, ask him why he did what he did, and just yeah. get a chance to get that information from them so yeah it was, it was amazing it was, it was so great and i echo everything you said steve i think it's it's one of those things where we hear about packs we hear about e3 and all these events and and we're like yeah that'd be cool one day and then you know i don't know how it how we decided to do it but we were just like we just got to do it and i feel incredibly lucky that we even we've been even able to do this so far and have the community that we've built and and engage with you know toot and tooser and 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 all the people who just like listen to us and enjoy what we what we build um and i feel so passionate and so much more driven and excited um after going to pax to keep doing that and keep making great content and having fun with our friends um because I must have said it three or four times, but the fact that anybody other than my mom wants to hear me talk about video games is a fucking blessing. So um, I feel very lucky that, you know, you and Matto and Christine and, and, and Matt Martinez want to do this with me and, and we're all in this together and it's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it was, for me, it was just like, I'm just goddamn happy to be here. And it was, yeah. uh, it was fantastic. And we made a lot of great new friendships and I think we're going to end up at PAX West. I hope so. Maybe we'll do a team retreat. Yeah, that we're just gonna have rad. to convince Brian to let us all sleep on his his bed. Yeah, we'll just his share bed. his bed. We'll just share. I'm sure all he'll of be us. cool with that. Yeah, we'll prompose it across his bed. Yeah, we did um, that a few times this weekend. We did a lot of promposing. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pax was great. It was so fun. Thank you to everybody who hung out with us, who uh, gave us drinks, who gave us shirts, who played games with us, who chatted with us, and took pictures and all that shit. Gave um, us advice. <laughs> gave us advice and helped us learn and grow. And so. Um, very thankful for everybody who was was there and, and having a good time with us. Yeah, that's kind of our segue into our community shout out because the community shout out is every motherfucker it's who was at PAX East. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> you just guys like all rock. Every, yeah, it was just it was you know like I went to Magfest and Magfest was like a 
fraction of the amount of passion and enthusiasm and love for the industry that PAX is. Um, and it's such a community and consumer focused event. Obviously, it's a marketing thing, right? Like, you know, they have booths and games and they're selling things and giving things away, et cetera. And they want us to spend our money. But we're there because we love it. Um, and like you said, sometimes we disagree, like all gamers disagree, and it would be unfair to the things that we love to not disagree about these things and not have really strong feelings about these things. So um, it was just, again, happy to be there. It was awesome. Um, so shout out to all you PAX goers. Hopefully we'll see you in, uh, what, September? PAX, PAX West? West yeah. yeah. So with that, folks, let us know if you are at PAX. If you want to share some of your experiences, uh, shoot us an email, tweet at us, give us a call. Uh, and again, you can reach us at 347-509-5620. Hopefully we can have some of our new friends that we made uh, come in and, and, and be you know guest podcasters with us and, and come, in, come in for an episode or, or write something. Uh, we'd love to, to get uh, involved with anything you guys want to do. Collaboration is fun. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for being here. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. And as always, friends, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you very soon. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it from you. And as always, making it from you. <laughs> fuck, we made it from you. <laughs> we chopped you up and, and turned, turned you into, into sound bites. Podcast.